0: There is hope in the promise of the cross. Thank you. Here's, here's the reality of Palm Sunday. As a pastor, we always are, you know, asking God and searching Scripture for sermons and for what, what should we teach? And we're always searching those things out. Well, at Palm Sunday and Easter, there's, there's all kinds of things we could talk about. Um, we, we could talk about what happened on Palm Sunday as Jesus, in his triumphal in, uh, entry into Jerusalem. I walked that road, by the way. It's pretty cool. And how he went from, how the crowd went from Hosanna... Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord to crucify him in five days. I've done it quicker than that, by the way. Or we could talk about Holy Week. We could talk about all the things that Jesus did the week between Palm Sunday and Easter. We could talk about how he cleared the temple on Monday, how he taught the crowd at the Mount of Olives on Tuesday, how he hung out and rested at Mary and Martha's house on Wednesday. And Thursday and Friday, we could talk about his arrest and his betrayal. We could talk about Passover and how Jesus is the ultimate Passover lamb. We could talk about a lot of things. And, but I need to tell you that this morning that the enormity of what happened on the cross um, is weighing heavy on my heart. The enormity of what Jesus did... On Calvary's cross is weighing heavy on me today. And it's interesting how significant these few words that Jesus spoke on the cross carry. The significance that they carry today is far beyond just the, the superficial phrases that we see. Jesus said seven things from the cross The first thing he said, and I bet you're glad of it, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. You you ever been there? (laughs) You ever just didn't know what you were doing? Or maybe you did. And how many know that his forgiveness is real just the same? He talked to a convicted criminal and said, listen, because you believe today. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. It's pretty heavy, isn't it? I I guess if a convicted criminal, a crucified crook, has hope then maybe you and I do as well. He looked at his mother and said, listen, The disciple that I love is going to take care of you. Can you imagine the compassion it must take to want to look after your mom when when you're breathing your last breath? (laughs) And maybe some of the most sobering words he said was, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You don't know what that feels like. Do you know why? Because you don't have to. Jesus understood pain and suffering mentally and physically but never knew separation from his father until that moment. You know why that happened? And he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so we could become the righteousness of God in him. At one point he said, I'm thirsty. And <laughs> I find it interesting that Bible commentaries sometimes try to make something there that's not there. And they've tried to make the, it it be really significant. And it was, frankly, significant prophetically because we, we see that, that, that Jesus was going to be thirsty at his death. It's a prophetic statement, but how many know that he might have just been revealing his humanity and saying, I'm thirsty. And then just before he died, he said, Father, into my hands I commend my spirit. In other words, I'm coming home. But what might have been the most powerful phrase on the cross, in, in our language, three very simple words. He said, It is finished. And we're going to unpack that simple phrase today. But before we go any further, I I need you to to hear this. If, If you're here and you've been carrying it too long, you've been harboring it for far too great a time, If it's kept you awake too many nights, if it's caused you too much pain, wouldn't you love to hear those words, it is finished. John chapter 19, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. You ought to circle that word, finished jesus knew that his mission was now finished and to fulfill scripture he said i'm thirsty jar of sour wine was sitting there so they soaked a sponge in it and put it on a hyssop branch and held it there on his lips and when jesus had tasted it he said "It is finished and he bowed his head gave up his spirit Father, over the next few moments, would you just help us understand that it is finished. That the work of the cross was complete. There's nothing I can add to it. And God, I pray for one that's that's walked into this room and they've carried it for a long time. By the power of your spirit, would you help us to remember and know these things? That it is finished. I told my wife, um, I told my wife, I I was nervous about this sermon because I'm a little bit of a word nerd, and I like to take words in scripture and just unpack them. And I, I was listening to one of the podcasts that I listened to, and I heard just a a, a snippet about this phrase, and all of a sudden I I, I sense the Holy Spirit just drawing me to a place of study for this word for this phrase it is finished it is finished and i began to unpack this word and all of a sudden it became apparent that the whole gospel was represented in those three words it's a it's a greek it's a, it's actually one greek word that's that's interpreted in our language as three words and so here's your academic Greek lesson for the day. It is finished in Greek is this word tetelestai. Say it with me, tetelestai. Tetelestai. And here's we're going to unpack that because here's what you need to know. Jesus spoke at least three languages. Maybe four. He spoke Hebrew, he spoke Aramaic, he spoke Greek, and he might have spoke Latin. So Pretty well-rounded guy, wasn't he? And truthfully, the, the language of the day was Greek. And that was, that was the language of the people. That was the common language in, where, where, where Jesus lived and where Jesus taught and where Jesus moved. And so when the, the writers of the New Testament, we don't know what language Jesus spoke from the cross is what I'm trying to tell you. But for some reason, we have it in Greek. And here's what we know, is that the Greek language is much more descriptive than our language, than our English language. In fact, people that read the Bible in English are at a little bit of a dif- disadvantage. Because it's just, there's just not enough words in our language to describe the enormity of some of these passages. So we're going to take this one phrase and unpack it today. Is that okay? Okay, so here's the academic part. The first thing we have to understand is, is the tense that this that this phrase, that this word was used in. And, and you guys know, we'll go back to, you know, seventh grade English, we can talk about uh, present tense. That means I'm here right now, right? I'm eating, that's present tense. Now, now past tense, you know, is I ate. <laughs> I've eaten, right? Right, past tense. Future tense is I I will eat. And I'm going to tell you something. I will eat. <laughs> this tense that this word tetelestai was in, it was called perfect tense. What does it mean? What does it, 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 it has this idea that when he said it is finished, that there was this moment in time when it was done. Mm-hmm. You with me? There's this, at this exact moment, Uh, The counsels of the Father concerning the suffering of Christ were fulfilled at that moment. At that that moment, it is finished. The prophecies of the Old Testament that pointed to the suffering Messiah were accomplished at that moment. It is finished. In that moment, the ceremonial law of the Jewish nation was abolished. In that moment, at that exact time, it is finished. The sin was defeated. The sufferings are finished. Finished. It is finished. The work of man's redemption and salvation is now complete. It is finished. But there's more. Because it's not just in a moment in time. It's that, that tense, that perfect tense, means it's finished and will continue to be f- finished. It means this. It is finished now and forever. It is finished now and forever now and forever romans chapter 6 verse 10 says for the death he died to sin once for all but the life he lives he lives to god died to sin once for all it's done it's accomplished and oh by the way it's still being accomplished how many know jesus is still doing a work in your life Jesus is still working out your salvation in fear and trembling. You're still in process. Now listen, here's the beautiful part of that. At the moment I received Christ, in the, in the eyes of Jesus, in the eyes of my Father, I am righteous and holy and spotless and redeemed, but He's still working on me. So both now and, and forever. So that word that is finished. They tell us that that there's at least five different circumstances when that phrase would be used. At least five. We're going to talk about a few of them. The first one would be at the completion of a job. The work is complete. So let me ask you a question. If your task is to mow the grass. Is the work done when the last blade of grass is cut? Is the work done then? No, because you got to put the lawnmower away and you got to blow off the driveway, right? Right, right? Okay, now any of you that have ever raised teenagers will appreciate this one. If your task is to take the garbage out, is the work complete when the trash is bagged and taken outside? What do you got to do? Replace the bag. How many have you ever thrown trash away in an empty trash can without a bag? Because somebody, not your husband, certainly not your husband. <laughs> is the job of painting complete when the last brush stroke is over? Nope. You got to wash those brushes. You got to pick up the drop cloths. So that word, tetelestai, meant everything. A a servant would say this to a master, or in our context, an employee would say to his employer that was given a task, tetelestai. What you've asked me to do has been accomplished, and it's done. The work is complete. I put the bag in the trash can. I put the lawnmower away. I've cleaned the brushes. I've picked up the drop cloths. I've completed it in its entirety. The work is done. John 4 and 34. Jesus explained my nourishment, my food, one translation says, comes from doing the will of God who sent me, listen, and from finishing his work. Jesus was about the father's business and when he said it is finished he was saying to his father that thing you sent me to do is now done was Jesus a healer he wasn't born to heal was was Jesus a teacher he wasn't born to just teach Jesus was born of a virgin and lived 33 years to get him to this point when he would complete the work of redemption once and for all to tell us it is finished <laughs> They say another instance when that phrase would be, that word would be used would be when a judge that presided over a case would declare the trial over. I told you last week I liked the People's Court, and y'all laughed at me, but I do. In fact, I've always liked courtroom dramas. I'm, I'm a big fan of John Grisham novels. Anybody read John Grisham novels? Me and Debbie Coran, the only people in the building, to read John Grisham novels. I I like John Grisham novels. There's something fascinating to me about that process. And here's the interesting thing. When that gavel drops, it's done. It's over. (laughs) So when Jesus said it is finished, he was saying justice is served. And oh, by the way, if, if you're standing condemned and you hear that gavel drop, some of you probably heard it. I wonder how that feels. I wonder how that feels to hear the gavel drop and knowing that the crime that you've committed, you are now going to be responsible for paying for. I wonder how you would feel if you heard the gavel drop knowing that you were guilty, knowing that you had, you had committed a crime that you could not pay for. And somebody in the last moment, as the gavel's getting ready to, to hit, stood in your place and said, no, I'm, I'll take his place. I mean, know that's exactly what Jesus did. So when Jesus... When Jesus said, it is finished, he said, justice is served because I'm taking their punishment. Justice is served because I'm standing in their place. Paul said it this way, there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Even though you're guilty, you stand free without condemnation. Justice is served. <laughs> some scholars some scholars teach us that in, in the Greek world, in the Greek language that this was actually an accounting phrase. So not only could it be used as a, a worker completing a task or a judge dropping the gavel and saying, Justice is served. Uh, we're taught that it was a, an accounting phrase. In other words, if an accountant was in charge of keeping the books and there was a debt owed, and over a period of time uh, the debt had been satisfied, he would stamp across the document to tell us die. In other words, it is finished, the debt has been paid. Or, or we would like to see it anybody anybody ever know what that feels like to pay your car off isn't that a great feeling to to send that last little bit of money even though your car's got 300,000 miles on it now it, bless god it's mine right you know that that feels good it's finished the, the debt has been paid it is finished the debt has been paid how'd you feel how would you feel if someone paid off your mortgage No, no kidding, how would you feel if somebody paid off your mortgage? How would you feel if somebody paid off your car note? Uh, okay, uh, some of y'all, how would you feel if somebody paid off your student loans? I heard Matt shouting from the crow's nest. How'd you feel if somebody paid your rent for life? <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that what would happen is, your social media account would blow up. You'd be doing live videos with your keys. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Hallelujah, it's mine. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed and highly favored. (laughs) What if you had a debt so big that Donald Trump and Bill Gates, all their money combined couldn't pay off? What if you had a debt so big that there's no way you could pay it on your own? You'd carry that the rest of your life, wouldn't you? Colossians chapter 2 says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, listen, God made alive together with him Having forgiven us all our trespasses. Listen to this. By the record of debt that stood against us with its legal documents, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. You had a debt so big you could never pay it. And Jesus, when he said it is finished, said, Your debt is paid in. See, I think sometimes, y'all, we, you know, you guys and I did, we grew up in the Bible belt, and we've heard these stories. We've, we've heard dozens of Palm Sunday and Easter service uh, sermons, and, and we understand what happened on the cross because we've heard it and, and heard it and heard it, and we understand about the empty tomb that we're going to talk about tomorrow, or what well, we'll talk about tomorrow, but really next week. We've heard it and heard it and heard it. And I think sometimes we've heard it so much we forget the enormity of what Jesus did when he canceled your debt and stood in your place and paid your penalty and paid your fine and declared you not guilty. We forget how big that is. We forget how enormous that is because you don't have to suffer the penalty of the debt that you owed. because guess what you deserve? I hear people all the time. Oh, I don't deserve to be treated this way. I don't deserve for this to happen to me. What you deserve is death and hell That's what you deserve. But because Jesus said, it's finished, he changed what you deserve. He changed it all because he took your place. (laughs) Come on, y'all. Let's not get so religious. We forget how big a deal this is. Let's not get so pious in our spirituality and we forget the great depths he brought us from. I'm pretty confident of where I'd be had Jesus not, you know, captured my heart and found me. I used to say I found Jesus, but Jesus wasn't lost. Jesus found me, and I'm I'm quite confident of of what my life would look like today had Jesus not interrupted the, the enemy's plans for my life, captured my soul. I'm pretty confident I'd be in hell this morning. I certainly wouldn't have what I have. I certainly wouldn't have this joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. I certainly wouldn't have a peace that passes understanding that's only there because the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. I certainly wouldn't have an eternity that was secure and sealed in heaven. Can I tell you that the only reason anything good has ever happened to me is because Jesus 2,000 years ago said, it is finished, and he wiped it away. there's another context that we use that phrase or they, the, the Greek language uses that phrase. They say when an artist had completed his work of art, a sculptor had completed his work of art, a painter, a musician, When he had resolved that last chord, would say "Tetelestai." It is finished. The masterpiece is complete. I've said some of the things that I've said. I wonder if you've ever looked in a mirror and said, "I don't feel or look very much like a masterpiece." Have you ever watched that show, um, Antiques Roadshow? You know when it's cool, when it's really, really cool? is when somebody shows up and, and they're like, how did you acquire this, this painting, this piece? How did you acquire Well, I, I paid $8 for it at a yard sale, which meant it was somebody's junk, wasn't it? Or... This was in the back of my grandmother's closet since I was two years old. And when she died, we cleaned her closet out, and so I stuck it in my closet. And you find out that this worthless, seemingly cheap, useless piece of canvas or piece of stone is really worth hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. I bet bet many of you are like me that the enemy convinced you you weren't worth very much. Just a lump of flesh. And then the Son of God your masterpiece in fact so much so that i i'm I'm not sure at what age i i I understood this and i'm sure it had to be the holy spirit that just seared this in my heart because I, i i recognized very young that if i would have been the only one that needed redemption If I'd have been the only one in search of a savior, if I'd have been the only one, if you'd have been the only one, because your masterpiece, he'd have paid the highest price. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we are God's master. He's created us anew, Christ Jesus, so we can do all the things He planned for us to do. L- listen, if you've tuned me out into this point, please, please listen to this. Because you are who you are, you have value. Because you are who you are, you are priceless and precious. In the eyes of God, you are completely a masterpiece. Just as you are now. Well, Dwayne, you don't, under, you don't understand. I've still got some stuff I'm working on, and he's still hon- Listen, remember what we said at the very beginning? beginning, it's perfect tense. Yes, he's still working on you, but right now, you know what he sees when he looks at you? He doesn't see rough edges. And he doesn't see a brokenness. Uh, what he sees is a, a, a masterpiece, a, a beautiful, a, a priceless work of art that he created. There is another, another uh, context, and it really is the Hebrew equivalent of this word to and it was what would happen on the on the Day of Atonement in the temple, and the priest was responsible once a year to. Sacrifice an animal, a bull, a lamb. And then walk into the holiest place in the the temple once a year. And to take some of the blood of that animal and sprinkle it on, your Bible calls it the atonement cover of the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy of Holies. And to let it drip down a piece of furniture on top of the Ark of the Covenant. You want to know what that piece of furniture was called? The mercy seat. And when when the priest would sacrifice the animal and go into the holy place and sprinkle the blood of the sacrifice... On the mercy seat, he would say it's finished. The sacrifice has been made. Huh. So when Jesus. Oh, by the way, listen, I, I don't I don't know. I wasn't there. And unlike our lives today, there wasn't a video of it. But I I hate the movies that portray the 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 crucifixion and Jesus in this point in his in in, now I know he's weak and I know he's he's minutes away from death, but I just have to believe in my heart. He this was not some gravelly little voice. He declared it's finished. Uh, it wasn't some weak, pasty, British accent. <laughs> it's finished. I believe, now, I, this is just Dwayne, I believe that's why he got that, that drink right before he said that. Not, not only to fulfill prophecy, but he's getting, those, he's getting those, that, th- those vocal cords loosened a little bit. So when he declared it is finished, He declared it with power and authority and said the price is paid. It is finished. Hebrews chapter 9 says it this way. So Christ has now become the high priest. You getting the connection there between the story I just told you? The high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that great or perfect tabernacle in heaven. Which was not made by human hands, is not part of this created world. Oh, this is the part you got to get. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. (sighs) One phrase. Here's one other context. <laughs> they tell us that that word die would, I man, some of y'all got to get this, and I, God, help me say, share this like you put on my heart. <laughs> when there was a marked ending of one season and a new beginning of another season, that's the word they would use. It's a new day a new season. See, it's not like it was in Georgia. <laughs> Springtime, sleeting over here yesterday. What's going on with that? It was a marked moment in time when the <laughs> when one season ended and another season began. And when Jesus said it is finished, the the the, the covenant of old, became brand new. 2 <laughs> Corinthians 5 and 17 says this means anyone. Aren't you glad for that word anyone? Come on, somebody. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old has gone, and a new life has begun. It's finished. Your old life is gone. You're a dead man, but he raised you from the dead. Come on, somebody. Any live people in here, any new life people here, you know what it feels like to have been dead in your sins, and Jesus, because of his great sacrifice, declared, it's finished over your life, and you're brand new. Oh, y'all. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the cross. (laughs) (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12. (laughs) Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Oh you gotta get this. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Watch this. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of of the throne of God. Did, did you hear that? For the joy. Endured the cross. For the joy. How could you look. At, we believe Jesus was 100% God. 100% human. How could with human eyes. You look at that cross. And know what was coming. And call it joy. For the joy that was set before him. How can you find joy in the midst of that kind of torment and suffering? How can you find joy in the midst of the most humiliating, excruciating form of torture and capital punishment that has ever existed or ever shall? Because he looked just a little further beyond it and saw you. You are the joy that was set before him. That's why he could endure the cross. Because I believe, I I don't know how this works, but I believe he saw your face and saw my face and that brought him joy in the midst of torment. That brought for the joy set before him. You're that joy. And for that, we ought to be thankful. For that, we ought to. We get so caught up in this stupidness of our world. We spend so much time, maybe God's going to pay this bill, maybe he will, maybe God's going to heal my body, maybe he will, if he never did anything else. But for the joy set before him, which was you and me, endured the cross, despising its shame, and is now... If that Bible's true, seated at the right hand of our Father, and guess who He's praying for right now? You and me. For the joy set before Him. Donna, come play. So, and, Band, you guys don't need to come. We're just, Donna, we're we're just going to, you're just fine right there. So I, I want to pray for two very specific groups of people. I, I want to pray for you this morning. If if you'd say, Dwayne, there's something, there's there's something I'm walking through. There's there's something in my life. Maybe it's one of those sticky sins, and you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You just you you, you just can't seem to. It's it's almost like gum on your shoe. You just can't seem to get rid of it. I, I believe that the The power of the Holy Spirit would say this to you. If you walk in the newness of life, you can say before you leave this building, it's finished and it's over with. Or or maybe you, you walk in here and you're riddled with anxiety and depression and I, I, I just need to just let you know something I don't know when it's going to happen this year but there's going to be a, a couple of Sundays we're going to spend an awful lot of time uh, on, on God's plan for those struggling with anxiety and depression because I, I believe that God's power can heal depression just like he can heal a cancer and, and I believe that the enemy has caused too many of God's people to walk in defeat and misery and, and I don't believe that's God's plan for you we're going to, okay if we deal with something like that a couple Sundays so maybe it's that. See, I believe the power of the Holy Spirit can speak healing in just a moment. And you can, you can say it's finished. So when we pray, I'm going to pray for you. But I also want to, I want to leave you a challenge this morning. And I'm going to ask you this question. Are you finished? Have you accomplished the work set before you on this planet? Are you finished? I'm going to tell you, I'm not done. i believe there's more that god wants me to accomplish in my life i believe there's more people that he wants to hear the gospel are you finished well dwayne i I'm, I'm older now it's somebody else is turning are you still sucking air then you're not finished well dwayne you don't understand i i'm I, i'm still kind of immature in my faith you're not done god's got a plan for you God's got work for you to do. Hey, we read it. Hang on just a second. Let me find it. Ephesians 2 says we're God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Does that mean that He planned a good thing for you to do? Even knowing the kind of mistakes you were going to make, knowing the kind of path you were going to to go down, did He still plan good things for you to do? Yes, he did. And I believe what the enemy's done is he's told some of you that you're done, that you're finished. Because of choices you've made, because of paths that you've gone down, because of your age, because of your immaturity. God's told some of you that you're finished, and I'm going to tell you. your heads with me you know what I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands
1: I'm not going to ask you to.
0: I mean obviously you can, you can come up here and pray if you want to but I just believe man there's somebody in the room and you're just you're saying Dwayne I've been I've been carrying it too long and it's I need it to be finished. I've been carrying this resentment, this unforgiveness, this this hurt. I've been it's I've been carrying it too long. I'm gonna invite you to lay it at the foot of the cross today. I'm gonna invite you to lay it there, and then I'm gonna invite you to leave it there. Maybe even. Maybe it's that sticky sin we talked about. And you said, Dwayne, I I, I need to be gone. I, I, I need for and, and I've recognized that I'm not strong in my in my own flesh, and I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe if you call on Him, declare your need of Him, declare your own weakness. I believe the power of the Holy Spirit can strengthen you in your inner man, is what Scripture says. So you'll know not only forgiveness, but freedom. Come on, any free people in the room, you know what freedom feels like? So I'm gonna pray for you. And I just, listen, I, I know it's not all about the feels, but man, I just sense the presence of the Lord here so strong. I have since the, since the moment the service started. And it could be because God wanted you to get you to this moment. This moment where he could speak these words of peace in your heart. Oh, by the way, if Jesus were to, if he spoke those words in Hebrew, you know what it would have been? Shalom. Peace. It's complete. It's finished. to pray for you father in jesus name i sense your presence in this place would you do what only you can do this morning people watching online people in this room would declare that they've carried it too long and 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 the it might be it it might be depression and anxiety it might be resentment and unforgiveness it might be a physical ailment. It might be an addiction. It might be one of those sticky sins. But God, I, I believe that there are people this morning that are saying in their spirit, it's, it's been too long. So t- today we lay it at the foot of the cross knowing that your words still resound. it's finished. God, I believe in the quietness of this moment. You're doing a a work that only you can do. It's finished. It's over. It's done. It's complete. It's over. we leave this place challenge us all while the work of the cross is complete it is still being completed and it's being completed through your people remind us we're not done There's still people in our family that need to hear the gospel. There's still people in our neighborhoods that need to hear the gospel. There's still those that are hurting that need to be encouraged. There's still those that are poor that need to be fed. There's still those who are naked that need to be clothed. And God, would you use us? There's more work. There's more to be done. Now, before we leave, God, we just want to We just want to say thank you. Thank you that when you uttered those words, it is finished. They were finished now and forever. That the work is complete. That justice has been served. That the debt has been paid. That the masterpiece is complete. That sacrifice has been made. And that you made all things new. For that we give you praise, honor, and glory jesus name amen amen Amen. would you offer the lord praise if you're thankful for those words that he uttered from the cross it's finished would you give him crazy praise is he worth that this morning yes he is god bless you please 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 take those invitation cards invite somebody to be with you next sunday for easter sunday Can't wait to see you then. God bless. Have a great afternoon.